Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode number 110 of the Get Around Podcast. Yes. Another milestone. Another one. 110. Very nice. We talked about it last week. Are we, am I going to say 110? I think I like 110. Episode 110. It kind of works. In the studio, you kind of heard him. It's been a while. The Podfather, oh Brendan Queeley, joins us back <laughs> for uh, the Get Around today. And of course... When was the last time I was in here? I don't know. It's, it, had, it, had to be episode, it had to be episode 100. I think so. It's, it's it had been to be. at least 10. So we've, we're going a couple weeks, or a couple months actually, since we've heard the lovely voice of the Podfather. The other man joining me in the studio, of course, is Andrew Rosenthal. Yep, even though Brevin, Brendan started the talking, I, I've been here this whole time and I'm listening to conversations about 110. Trust me, Brendan will always start the talking. <laughs> well, I enjoy the sound of my own voice. You know, I I put that I I was making a like a dating profile app thing and it was like Tinder or Bumble. Hinge actually. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard yeah. of it. Um anyways. What is okay, wait, 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 no no no, no. what is Hinge? What is Hinge? I just what is Hinge? It's just another like dating profile thing but like Is it like Tinder? Kind of sort of, but I actually kind of think it's more like interactive cuz like when you like somebody, it like straight up just like sends you to them. Like okay. you like like something on their profile or like if somebody likes like one of your kind like one of your like little like Basically, this is what I said. It was like, what's one thing that you can't shut up about? And Myself. I, I know. I literally just put, like, anything. I just like to hear my own voice. Like, I can talk about anything. Uh, but that basically, like, what you said. But, yeah, no. So they can, like, like that, and then you can see that, like, that's what they liked. And then you, like, start a conversation from there. I guess it's not surprising that I haven't heard of Hinge. I've been out of the dating market for almost a year now. Okay. Which is crazy. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I've never left it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no hopping on hopping on the hinge but you know lots of stuff happened over the weekend i do want to i while we're joking i guess we'll we'll go right back into the somber attitude that i had yesterday i'm sure everybody knows if if you're into sports or i mean if you listen to this podcast i'm sure you're at least familiar with some sorts of some sort of sports but the uh, nba legend and icon kobe bryant died in a helicopter accident yesterday which is like it gives me chills just you saying it i've heard it you know, just said it so many loud, times, and it's I mean. just it, it it's still mind-boggling. And if the listeners out there, our audible viewers, have yet to read Jake's column, uh, "Dear Kobe," from yesterday, or actually it was published what Monday? No, it was last night. Last yeah, night, I, and, I, and I, I, printed I wrote Monday. It and did it all? Yeah, you got um, printed today. Beautiful column, really well done, really well lot. written. You it. Um, it was. It, it was great, I and I know there that. are a lot of people out there writing a lot of things about Kobe and Gigi and everything that happened. But it, Jake, you offered a really interesting perspective on it that uh, I think a lot of people share, um, and you were able to tell that in a way that was you could tell it was from a fan. You know, it was that fan perspective, and I really, really enjoyed it. It's not very often, you know, somebody has an impact on your life like that, and. It's 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 crazy because in the sports world, everybody you're not supposed to be a fan as a sports writer. That's really just the reality of it. Because if you are, then people are going to come at you one way or the other. And it's like when there's a transcendent athlete like Kobe, you can't help but be a fan. And like that's what it was yesterday for me when I was doing that. I actually had this like moment in the shower. I was talking to one of my friends. Uh, shout out Tara. She literally was like, because I, I was crying. I was having a hard time with it right when I heard it. I just needed to talk to some people. 
and she said, you know, what I think you should do is just like turn your energy. And I was worried about a different story that I'm working on. I was like, how am I going to be able to focus on this big story that I'm working on? Like with all this. And she just said, just turn, turn your energy into it and harness it and, and put it on. And she didn't quite come out and say, Hey, you should write something about Kobe. But she just said, you know, use these emotions, use the raw emotions and put it in. And I was just like, I was standing in the shower crying, and I was just like, I have to write a column. Like Writers write to. and shooters shoot. Yeah, that's, but that's yeah, how I, it I, is. I appreciate that. If you do want to go read, give that a read. I know plenty of people in Kansas and Illinois that have been sharing that around. Yeah. That is... More people need to be seeing that. It, it's it was a it was a moment for me, and that it was hard because when I if you read the start of the column, it was it was crazy. I actually started writing basically part of that letter. It was meant for Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. It was meant for him to his eyes to see uh, the original draft that I started writing four years ago, and that was the the hard part when I went back to it. Was I got to see that what I felt like when he was still playing, and I got. Four years later, after everything he's done since then, I realized there was even so much more to it all. Yeah, there hasn't been a death, a tragic death like this, of an icon that transcended more than just what he or she was known for. Then I'd say I think John Lennon, probably when John Lennon was murdered, I think that icon status. I think Kobe was was right up there with with the Beatles when it comes to. When you are comparing apples and oranges as you would with music and sports, but the the those two tragic deaths right there, of course, it's it's it obvious to bring up the day the music died, Dale Earnhardt, Thurman Munson, other tragic deaths. Kobe was a species uh, of his own. He was he was on another level. He was that bridge that took the NBA from the Jordan era to to the next level. Yes. It was, the NBA changed with Kobe Bryant. Because before it was, it was something else. It was with Jordan, with the Bulls, with, you know, Drexler and Hakeem Olajuwon and all that. It was, it was different. And then Kobe showed up and it was, let's bring some swag to this. Let's bring some attitude. Let's, and it was... A lot of people hated on it early on. A lot of people did not like and do not like Kobe Bryant. And but you, man, and you cannot you. you cannot underestimate what he did for the NBA on a national and international level. And the fact that he's gone at 41 is it's heartbreaking. And especially with his daughter and what he was doing there, you you've seen everything on Twitter. I, there was thousands of kids waiting for him to show up at his oh, that, basketball that, academy. Oh, that was brutal. Like he, th- it, that's what it turned into for him. It wasn't about being a superstar. You hear all these things like, no, he was literally there to pass on his knowledge to try to teach everybody else how to be Kobe Bryant. Like, and I loved seeing all of the interviews, the, just the clips. The one on, of him on Kimmel I thought was great, talking about yeah. his daughter. Fantastic. And you just realize that in that moment, you know that, Whatever was going on, he was still being a father. Yeah. No, and that's what I think that's what hit me really, really hard yesterday when I was writing that column. I got about halfway through it, and I kept thinking to myself, like, I haven't put one actual thing about what he's done on the basketball court in this column. And I didn't. And it was funny because in the, in, the in the print version, it was a little bit shorter than the online version because uh, I, I ended up going back and adding a little bit more once I kind of got more to process some more feelings. And I put at the end there that, and through my whole column, I didn't have to list one accolade of what Kobe Bryant did in his actual athletic career for anybody to understand the weight that he pushed around in this world. 
like to understand what he was actually like capable of accomplishing and what he has taught so many young kids like me probably like both of you you can accomplish whatever you set your mind to with hard work and dedication and it's always it's always been that way and i think it will i i just i personally had such a connection that it you know it didn't it didn't sit even real with me to begin with if you go back and look at my twitter it was basically real time me finding out and grieving and you know just last week i asked everybody hey like you guys want some more personal tweets on my twitter and most people told me to delete my Twitter. But As a joke, I'm sure. I, know, I, I did not vote for that. I I'm, voted for I personal did. tweets. I'm sure. No, I've, I mean, I, I, I myself, I more, I more myself put delete Twitter on there as a self-deprecating part of the humor. But, you know, I, I didn't even think about it. And I honestly, I, I saw social media over the last 24 hours. It's and just Kobe, 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 yes. Kobe, Kobe. And that was the one thing I realized last night is, like, I haven't seen anything like take over just every social media platform every story man woman child father daughter everybody i mean my grandma yesterday i she didn't know i told her what happened and then she goes yeah you told me and then the tv didn't turn like there was literally nothing else except for kobe bryant they moved the start of the kansas game because of this i don't doubt it they like they're because espn is doing this whole tribute today i'm not really sure what's going into that like what they're all doing but they moved it from one channel to another because of this. And I bet the players, they're thinking about that too. Here's a stupid question. Should they have played games yesterday? Yes. You yeah. think so? I realized it after what Carmelo Anthony said last night. I didn't hear what he said. Carmelo Anthony, somebody asked him why he played. And he said that Kobe was not just you know a friend or anything, or not just a basketball player or competitor to him. He said, I knew Kobe, and Kobe literally would want everybody to play. Like, that's the thing. No, you, you go out there and you win. You go out there and you put 100% on the court no matter what obstacle just hit you this morning. Yeah, and then you saw what Trey Young did. You saw what Devin Booker did. Everybody. Sabrina, I don't ask you. Yeah, from, uh, was Oregon. that Bay? Okay, Oregon, that's right. I, I knew the colors. I didn't know what school it was. But, yeah, Probably so many. Best basketball players, or best college basketball players in the nation right now. So many people like were. Like, she didn't go out for warm-ups, and then she just went back and, like, put laid it all out. Like, it was, I, it was, I she was crying at multiple times during the game. Yesterday was definitely hard, especially seeing it, it just felt so weird because you know, once again, you know, I never met the guy, never had anything, you know, never, n- never as much. I always dreamed to, but never, you know, got the chance to. But the, just the sheer impact that you could have on someone's life, millions of people's lives, like that is just that's that's a role that role model that I've always wanted to follow. That's a fearless thing. I read this thing, and we'll we'll, we'll kind of leave it at this. Um, until our trifecta, which we'll get back to, because I don't care how much time we dedicate to Kobe Bryant, I'll talk about him. I could keep talking about him. But uh, I read this thing from Ramona Shelburne today, who was very, very close with Kobe Bryant. And one thing just really stuck out to me. It was like, this was the type of indomitable spirit that he was. was after he got done playing basketball, and you know he went and he won an Oscar for screenwriting and short films and all this such. But he would call people like J.K. Rowling and politicians and, and, and artists and senators and try to pick their brains to learn about them. But he wouldn't just call them once. He would call them two or three times a day, like bother these people to try and get some sort of knowledge out of them to better himself. People who play the piano call them four or five times a day just to see what they're doing at that point. That was the type of hit person that he was. And I thought about it. I just went back to like my journalist self. I'm just like, that's what I want to do. That's how we should do things. Did you have ESPN Plus? No, I do not. So you could have gone on there, and he would have break down just like big college games or big NBA. Oh games yeah, no, I've I've seen the in a film and just like see what he would have seen from it. 
even for, as a journalist, I'm like, okay, this is what the players are looking at. This is what he saw out of the play. That I uh, something a different perspective. He, I think he did that for the women's final four of each team in there. And I was like, oh, he's paying attention to not. It just, wasn't a call detail. Yeah, he just paid it. He he just loved the sport of basketball too. And I really think that the world is going to miss what Kobe Bryant could have brought to it post his NBA career. That's the hardest and part. And I also, I, I read on The Athletic today about, about Gigi and how she was, she was gunning to play at UConn. Yeah. And I'm bummed that we're not going to get to see that. No, it's crazy. I That's the thing is the drive and spirit that was taken out of this world is unmatched. And that's the, that's the biggest thing is... He was only 41. I mean, we look at, like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Magic Johnson is part owner of the Lakers, like, has, or, you know, was general manager in operations. Like, how much more Kobe was going to do, could have done, had on the docket, especially when I tell you he was trying to write books with J.K. Rowling, not with them, but of the likes of J.K. Rowling and calling Martin Scorsese about films and going to the Oscars to brush shoulders, like, you have no idea what the potential would have been, which is just so heartbreaking. Before we move on, and I know we're going to, but where do you throw him all-time NBA players? He's been my all-time favorite, not even just favorite. I, I, this was in my column, but it was something I edited out yesterday because I didn't think it was necessary for me to put this editorial in there, but I can do this on the podcast. I had a sentence in there that said on, on multiple occasions, I've always said I think that Kobe Bryant is the best basketball player to ever live. I think that if you put Kobe Bryant one-on-one against any basketball player, he's going to win. He was a 12-time all-defensive NBA player, and anybody in the league would tell you that he is the most dangerous offensive weapon that has ever played in the NBA. He can score from anywhere, and he can play against anybody, even more than LeBron James. I would guarantee you that he would would have beat LeBron James prime-on-prime, one-on-one. See, I go, and I can only say in my experience of watching, I didn't see Wilt play. I didn't yeah. see Oscar Robertson. That's the same thing. I I, that's why, that. and that's why, I, that's why I don't go with Michael because I was so young when Michael. Like I saw Michael. The, the actual memories I have of Michael are in a Wizards uniform. Fortunately for me, I grew up as a Bulls fan and got to see Michael in his heyday. But I would, I, I put Michael, LeBron, and, and Kobe as my yeah top three. Yeah, that's like the three Rushmores for me. Like, I, and I, I'm not the biggest LeBron fan, but I know for a fact that he is just he's right there with them. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm where do you put him? I'm and I go. think we're so blessed. To have that, right? To have to have had Jordan, to have had Kobe, to have LeBron, and what we're gonna have in in the next generation of players uh, in the NBA is incredible too. Yeah, but but I mean, where do you where do you, where do you put Kobe? Yeah, I'm still gonna go with Will at number one because there's so much. There, being around Kansas, there's a lot of professors and literature in the Spencer Research Archives about how good Will would have been in today's NBA, or t- just how how much of an athlete Will was. I mean. I took an I took like an entire sports history class on that. So that, I mean, but that's a discussion for another day. I'm gonna I still put Kobe top three for sure. Yeah. Where that mix is between Jordan, Will, LeBron, I'm not sure, but he's up there for yeah. sure for me. We'll we'll come back around a little bit at the end of the show. I could talk about. I could talk about this for I know. the entire show. We, we could we could we could to. do. I know we I could I could very well do an hour long podcast about Kobe Bryant, but. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to him in the trifecta. We're going to talk about our favorite moments and or quotes from Kobe because he did say some pretty profound things, especially that resonated with me as a child. So we'll get back to that in a trifecta. But the rest of our show, episode 110 today, is a good one. We have a few things to talk about in the Pulse, uh, including Glenn Lake's head coach, Jerry Andrews, stepping down. That was a big shock. just happened on Monday before we started recording the podcast. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We got the McCullough Cup coming up this weekend, so we'll talk there. We have a great interview 
with Belair's Libby Dare and Bella Martinick. First time we'll have Belair Eagles on the Get Around podcast, so very, very exciting. We're making an hour-long drive down here to meet us out uh, at the Record Eagle Get Around Studios. We have a little fun game after the interview called something I came up with, Hip or Skip. If you're hip on the idea of these Im- ideas being implemented into sports or if you're going to skip on the idea, so we'll get into those later. And then, of course, we have another rendition of the Hall of Fame before we get into the trifecta, and you know the deal on that. So let's go ahead and remind you that this podcast is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freaky Yeah. We're going to put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse, but uh, I, I want to talk about it right off top. We have Brendan in here who spent some time uh, in the sports department while Jerry Andrews was um, at Glen Lake, you know, saw a, a a title or a you know a chance at a title run for the Lakers. Uh, been through there. I've been here a few years and I went through Jerry. I know Andrew. You haven't you know really had the opportunity to interact or really know about Jerry Andrews, but Jerry steps down today and it kind of seemed like it was a surprise uh, to the press release. I haven't gotten a chance to talk to everybody yet, but I'm um, just I wanted to ask. I, I mean, I'll give my reaction first, and then I'm going to ask you, Brendan, just because you did spend some time watching him coach. Just him stepping down, you know, in the press release at the very least, you know, he he cited family reasons and. Uh, you know, his, his son Duke Andrews plays at Saginaw Valley. He did help actually coach the team a little bit this year. but Ran um, into uh, Duke and Jerry over at Slabtown a couple months ago. You, you, you would hear, this is the thing about Jerry, is that you would hear his voice from across the room, maybe across the field. Or the you're two gonna of you have very choice. similar voices. Yeah, he's just a lot more raspy. He is a little more raspy than yeah. you are. But you, by the time you're his age, I would I imagine no, you're going to sound exactly the same. I don't exactly smoke cigarettes same. or anything anymore, so, like, I'm trying to save them vocal boxes. But, no, Jerry Jerry steps down. I just, you know, I know a lot. all, all the kids on the team had very, very high praises of Jerry Andrews. Um, everybody that I talked to, they they wanted to play for him. And in, in this championship run that they did, they made it all the way down to state finals this year. They, they told me that, you know, he really kept them on their game at the very least, all the time. I, whenever I talked to him, he was very candid and always knew what was wrong. He liked to take responsibility for everything, which is one thing that, as a writer, I'm always just like, I, I get it, but what actually happened here? You know, what do you think about, you know, the, the sudden stepping down, especially after, you know, making it all the way to the state title? I'm surprised. I really am because I, I know Jerry. I, I started covering Glen Lake, I think, my first week here. I, I believe Glen Lake was one of the... One of the first games that I went to, and you talk to that man once, and you get a feel for the kind of energy that he has. I've had a lot of really good moments with Jerry. Now, even off the field, uh, now that I've moved from sports into news, uh, he and I hung out for like an hour and a half a couple months ago, and we were just talking about the the dangers of, of vaping and the student group that he helps to lead that is trying to tackle vaping at Glen Lake mm-hmm. and putting up signs and all this. And so he's he cares about his students. He cares about the their well-being. He cares about his community. And it's going to be a major loss because not only is he a very talented coach of, of, of football, I mean, really great mind, but he's a, he's, he's a hell of a leader too. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to know that he's still going to be staying on at Glen Lake as a teacher, yep. which is a big because that would be an he's even bigger loss. That would be an even bigger loss for Glen Lake to lose him as a and teacher. And he's still going to be he's still going to be helping out with the track team in the spring. Once again, we'll see if uh, you know that continues into the future. But you know, varsity football being a varsity football coach makes a, a big, big time commitment, and that's you know that's tough. And no, nobody really understands that until you're in that position. He's been in that position for 20 years. My only question is: is the next football coach? And I'm going to bring it up right now. Is the next football coach? 
of Glenn Lake gonna wear shorts the entire time. No. Okay. No. Because no I listen, man. This was a this was a game at Thurlby Field. This was the state semi at Thurlby Field, and it was freezing out. It was snowing. Probably it was freezing. Oh, it was yeah. It was so cold. And I'm up there in the press box at Thurlby. Fine, you know, I got uh, no problem at all. But I go down there after the game, after they won, and and punch their ticket to Ford Field, and I had to take my gloves off to press record on my recorder and my hands like hurt by the end of the interview and he's standing out there in shorts and it seems not the worst for wear i couldn't i don't like, know I, I, this sounds so I inappropriate didn't think on the that i would feel my fingers again i really don't know what's going on in that undercarriage but like there's got to be a, a nice cool breeze that happens uh all the time that's one thing i will miss on this podcast and probably just in the sports department is us making exclusive jokes about pants wearing jerry well his Which evil is the twin eagle yes his evil twin pants wearing well, no, but gary gary sorry but my point being is that you'll never see that guy he doesn't wear pants no i mean he's like like i said he's he's a good guy i always it, I, I, i've always had i've always had good interactions with uh coach Andrews. i just wanted to bring it up because we've talked about him on this podcast probably an inordinate amount for the same reason brendan has already mentioned you're nuts jerry i hope you listen to this i'll put it out there you are n-u-t-s no. Oh, I was I was gonna ask. You are nuts or your nuts? No, like his <laughs> his nuts. Was that? Well, your nuts? Question mark. Your nuts? Exclamation point. Both. We'll find out later. All right. Next on the docket. Well, yeah, we'll fi- we'll find out who they bring in. That's another interesting thing. We'll get we'll get into the coaching search, and obviously we'll update you here on the podcast and in the Record Eagle, uh, who they do decide to uh, make the new coach of the Glen Lake Lakers. Uh, so keep up with us on that. We've got a couple other things to talk about that is going on this week. I guess we'll go in chronological order and talk a little bit about last week. End of last week, uh, the Traverse City Ski Teams had the Pepe Teichner Town Slalom over at Hickory Hills. Fourth year they were doing that, just, just did the slalom. But uh, it's really the only time that all three of these Traverse City schools are actually skiing like inside of the Traverse City limits, uh, which is pretty cool. Everybody gets to, all their friends get to come out and all that. Yeah, I heard that. Bleacher creatures are out there too. There, yeah, there was. There was. There's always. They they seem to uh, follow everywhere. A couple of Traverse City West skiers won the individual runs. Aiden Lewandowski from Traverse City West won the boys uh, slalom, and Ava Warren from Traverse City West won the uh, girls slalom. But overall, Great North Alpine actually won the Peppy Town slalom for the fourth consecutive year. Uh, which would just be obviously team combined scores. Um, I was a little surprised with Traverse City Central or Traverse, yeah, because Traverse City Central, man, they have a big ski team this year, really big ski team. They had I think fourteen extra runners outside of their top five seeds, so uh, plenty of plenty of talent going around at Traverse City Central. And Traverse City West is a pretty young team. After they made it to the state finals last year, I actually had Hannah Shramsky win that individual state title, and they're trying to kind of fill in that hole. Uh, that's what Abel Warren is hoping to do, and she's been showing out, but. Uh, Big Hannah Shramsky, guest of the pod. Yeah, she Previous was. guest of the pod. Yeah, right after her uh, state finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, uh, I actually was when I was out there. I've been trying to tell Andrew that's a fun day. I'm sorry. Every single time you mention a high school ski, I'm just wrapping this around my head. I'm like, why couldn't I have done that in flat Illinois? Yeah, it's because it's flat Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can't even do that in downstate Michigan. Really, no. there's only there's only several schools that have skiing south of Lansing. Really, I'm like, gosh, that looks fun. Every single time I'm taking a score, calling and taking an email about ski scores. Well, we'll have to send you out to a ski meet here soon. Then can I join? I've covered. I've I've, I've covered several now. I've covered two 
two state finals. Yeah, you're gonna be a, you're gonna be at Vasa. I mean, that's not technically high school skiing, but there'll be high schoolers there running in it. <laughs> Anywho, let's talk about the one big game this week. Not really the only big game, but one that we have to talk about on this podcast, which is the McCullough Cup. Traverse City Central, Traverse City West meeting for the second time this season. Traverse City Central defeated Traverse City West 6-2 in their first meeting. Now these teams, they've grown since they met each other. I think it was about four and a half weeks ago. It was just before Christmas that they ended up playing each other. But Traverse City Central has been on an absolute roll this season. They still only have two losses on the season. I think they're 13-2-2. Still a young team, but they have four goal scorers with 10 or more goals. Have been ripping it up. Traverse City West has a couple of really good goalies in Tyler Herzberg and Mason West who have been really, really stepping up for them uh, during this stretch. They just won against Big Rapids, who is a very good hockey team, uh, 2-1 to one in overtime over the weekend. But also Grant Newhart for Traverse City Central. Just seems like in that game against the Bay Reps, he made a stop a couple minutes ago in the game that would have since it's overtime. Only being a sophomore, too, yeah. definitely has uh, the chops in net. We talked about it the first time that they met that I thought it was going to be a goalie versus goalie matchup. That didn't really turn out to be the case. I think it turned out being who was more aggressive and who kept possession of the puck. And when Traverse City West was able to do that, they scored. But Traverse City Central hopped on to begin with. And basically, the beginning, first and third periods were Traverse City Central's. Second period, West had a little bit of life. But I want to ask you, fellas. I mean, you've seen you've seen Central play at this point. What what do you think they need to do to sweep West this uh, this year and win the McCullough Cup? Yeah, obviously it's goaltending and maintaining possession of the puck. You know, it just seemed like when they had it, and the passes were clean, they were on point. When they were moving the the puck around, when they were able to just work it into their offense and score. Yeah, I mean, guys like Charlie Douglas um, have been a very big catalyst. Christian Shondek for them. Uh, you know, we had a couple of those guys in for the pod not too long ago. Uh, but we got to go over to Traverse City West side, too, and talk about Josh Reese. Michael Skirmerhorn has just been a monster. He was he scored a goal for them in that 2-1 to one victory over Big Rapids this past weekend. And, and I, I mean, I personally think that Michael Skirmerhorn is the best player on Traverse City West's hockey team. Uh, he's playing on a defensive pair, but could, him and Josh Reese basically are a defensive pair who run into the offensive zone and have the best puck handling skills on the team. I just feel like Central has a couple solid lines that just all work together really well, and when they're shifting in and out, it works perfectly. Yeah, with the way that Central's season has been going so far, I I cannot see them dropping this game. Uh, I think that they're, they're, they're by far and away now the favorite for the Big North Conference. Alpena is probably the closest to them at this point. Traverse City West, if they win this game, can put a big wrench in the plans, though. What I love about this game, when you have West versus Central in any sport whatsoever, is the fervor behind it. You're going to have cars parked all the way down to to Titus, probably by my apartment because I live right yeah. by the Civic Center. So I I love those game days when it is so crowded over there and you are watching these two teams, these two rivals go at it, and especially with the emotion behind the McCullough Cup that comes with it, the pride that comes with playing in that game and winning that cup, it means something to these players, to these families, and to the community as a whole. This is a game bigger than a win or a loss, but the win really, really means something. Yeah, and it's even bigger than the first game that they played, which yeah. is it's funny because you... We talked about this when you saw them play last week, and I tried to explain to you. I or you said I don't think that we told you yeah, like, Friday. yeah, but I don't even think we really told you, you know, how much every single one of these games means. And then when you put something like the cup on top of it, especially with you know what it means, the meaning behind all of it, it obviously just makes us all better. I know I'm pretty sure Andrew's going to be out that game, and you, you're going to see exactly what we're talking about. Um, that place will be filled from floor to ceiling. The boards will be 
standing room only with people all the way around them. And I'm going to have to leave an hour before the game because uh, I won't be able to find a parking spot, obviously. Yeah, this is the hockey game of the the season. This is the one. This is like the Patriot game in, in football. Yeah, that's what this hockey. is like. And both of these teams, these teams are at the top of the Big North. And Traverse City, I mean, Traverse City Central, we talked about this at the beginning of the year. It was kind of went west two years ago, then the Bay Reps, and now Central. Like, I think it's their year, so they need to prove it here. They need to put put West away and grab a stranglehold on the Big North Conference with this game. And I just really love the emotion that you get behind this game. I really love the way the fans hang on every single play, and the players are they're giving it 100% the entire time. And I love There's a pep band inside Howe Arena, and it's not very big. It's loud. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. wild. It is wild. Definitely wild. So excited for that. So make sure you stick around or check out for coverage from the McCullough Cup on Wednesday from the Record Eagle at record-eagle.com or in Thursday's paper. But that's going to lead us into our interview with Bel Air's Libby Dare and Bella Martinick, two Eagles being the first to ever grace the Get Around Podcast Studios. So let's go ahead and give that a listen now. The Get Around Podcast is very, very excited to welcome into the studio two Bel Air Eagles for the very first time, uh, senior basketball players, Bella Martinick and Libby Dare. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Of course, as always, we're going to get started off with our Freaky Fast Five, uh, a nod to our sponsor, Jimmy John's, where we're going to ask you five rapid-fire questions to kind of get to know you a little bit. Let's go with Libby first. We'll start off. P- is Libby your real name, first of all? No, my real name's Olivia, actually. Olivia. Yeah. So how did you get your nickname? And why is that what you go by all the time? (laughs) (laughs) I always ask my parents that, and they never even, they don't know where they got it from. I've just always been Libby. Since you were a kid. So it was was a parent's thing. Yeah. Okay, so grandmas, grandpas, everybody calls you Libby? Everybody calls me Libby. (laughs) Wow, okay, so that's way off. Now, um, Bella, is that short for something as well? Isabella. Isabella. And I'm... I don't like Isabella because when I'm in trouble, I'm Isabella. So I like to not so is, hear is that, that. Is that like just a mom thing? So it's kind of the opposite. Like they're like, oh, it's just, the parents kind of permeate everywhere else. It's like, no, just mom says Isabella. Yeah, just my mom <laughs> says Isabella. Alrighty, so um, here's a good one for both of you guys. I guess we'll ask Libby first. How much money would it take for you to go bald? Bald? Not bald. like forever, but like at the very least, has to go like completely like bareback. Oh, bald. it'd take a lot if you know me. <laughs> That's true. We need a number. Oh. I'd need like a trillion. dollars? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, what I about you, Bella? I really like my hair, so I'd say a good couple thousand because it'd take a long time to grow back. But I mean, thousand dollars, a thousand dollars, just hair. Yeah. You can wear a wig for a thousand dollars. You can buy several wigs. I could buy quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a trillion dollars. <laughs> well, That's why she wore an unlimited wig. Yeah, all the wigs. If in I the world. could go with a wig, then I'd lower it. Yeah, I guess I, she 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 found the loophole. She's you got to find good loopholes. You got to you got to find one over there. How many bird mascots are there in the Ski Valley Conference? There's St. Mary's, us, Joburg, Joburg, Onaway. Because I was looking up at this at the mascots, and there's like two cardinals. Yeah. Joburg and Onaway are both cardinals. We're eagles. St. Mary, there's snowbirds. I go four. I think four. I call it the battle of the birds <laughs> between you guys and St. I mean, Mary's. If there, there's, yeah. just, there's, just, there's even more winged things. Pelsons, like hornets. hornets. Yeah. We're just talking about flying animals. <laughs> I don't know. That's about it. Okay. <laughs> if you're only allowed one meal a day, is it breakfast, lunch, or dinner? And what are you eating for it? Yeah. Ooh, breakfast. I'm a breakfast girl. <laughs> And it's usually, I would say, an omelet with, okay. with some toast. Whatever whatever you can fit in that omelet is what you're working with um, for the day. Simple, just ham. Just ham and an omelet? Ham and cheese. 
I'm a lunch person because I snack outside of school, but in school I'm starving. So lunch is my meal. And I don't really have a favorite food. I just like to eat whatever we had for dinner last night. So, so you're a leftovers person. Yeah, I'm a leftovers person. Okay. I'm gonna go Grammy's theme. Favorite Billie Eilish song. <laughs> we were talking about this on, on the way, way here. <laughs> we were talking about how when she put out Bad Guy at first, we were like, that's just, it's a weird song. And then now, like, we kind of vibe with it. And we're like, that beat drop's kind of cool. <laughs> I don't know, we kind of like it now. See, I, I told this to Jake earlier. My, Ocean Eyes is still a jam. Ocean Eyes, we talked about that too, yeah. how that song's like, her voice is just so good and then it's slow. And it's All right, I know you guys are young, so there's still plenty to be written, but what would your autobiography be called? I think just... A messy life. I just got a lot going a on. Messy just life. a messy okay. life. <laughs> I think yours would be the opposite. Hers would be like an organized life. <laughs> Libby. It's not my real name. Yeah. <laughs> that would work. Only Libby. Okay. Alrighty, but that does it for the Freaky Fast Five. A nod to our sponsor Ed Jimmy John's. Uh, we have a lot more to talk about basketball-wise uh, with these two ladies here. Bel Air starting off now. You guys are eleven and zero. Took first place to have a stranglehold in the Ski Valley Conference after uh, taking down Gaylord St. Mary. Just a week ago, Andrew was at that game, so I know yeah. he has some questions to ask you about that. But let's just start off here. Um, senior year, you guys are 11-0. What's your vibe? Well, that's that's pretty pretty simple. What's your vibe on the Eagles team right now? I think we're all like super happy because we knew we were going to be good when we went into the season. But I think that game when we beat St. Mary's, like that just totally changed our vibe. And I think we all think that we can go a lot farther than we knew we were going to now. I think it really helped us be inspired to want it more. And so now we're all just a lot closer. And I think that just, it really helped with our team in general. So, so Libby, do you think that was like a springboard for you guys as well? Yeah, I think it just pushed us to want to go farther. And we just want to make it to the end. Now, was there was there a doubt in your mind before that game that you your team was the real deal until you took out Gaylord St. Mary with that winning streak that they had going on? Or what was, the, what was your guys' attitude going into that game? I actually had a little bit of confidence in us. I thought we could come out on top this year, and this would be the year to do it. Yeah, I talked to your coach after the game. He said he felt good about this one when he like showed up to the gym. What, like, what did he tell you guys before the game? Like, did you was he like, yeah, you guys can do this. Like, this is your game. He told he wanted us to be us and just play us and not let them like speed up our game or anything. St. Mary's has always kind of pushed us outside of our boundaries, but this year we've just been playing so strong the way we do. So it was a big thing for him that he was just like, play your game, don't play St. Mary's game because. You guys are going to win with yours, and we did. So Yeah, one thing you told me also is uh, you guys love the assist more than you like the basket. Definitely. Uh, Y'all are smiling, too, because you know exactly what he's saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what what's that mean? He always says the pass is just as good as a basket because, I don't know, he doesn't want us. We're not, like, selfish, really, players. So he rewards the pass even more than making the shot. Yeah, in practice, if someone makes a three, he'll say, good shot but that was a better pass every time because if you don't have a good pass the shot's not going to work and that's our big thing is sharing the ball and not having like one ball hog you know shoots over and over what do you think that balance has done for you guys when it comes to opposing teams having the game plan for you when there is somebody who can you know you have girls who can score 17 to 20 points a night if it has to happen but a lot of times it's the seven eight nines where everybody's grabbing six seven eight rebounds right what has the balance been like for you guys and how do you think it's hard for other teams to plan for that i mean i think it's hard because when you know who's on a team usually you have you know You'll talk about two certain girls because those are the two girls that you have to watch out for. But I think on our team, when other teams are planning to play us, it's not like, okay, so we have to stay on number five, you know. It's just kind of all around, and they have to be aware that the ball is going to go everywhere, and you can't just kind of stare at your girl because that's not how we play. We don't play 
the ball in our hands for more than like a couple of seconds. Like it's fast and we move it. Yeah, Mr. Fisher always tells us we're a deep team. Like we got everyone. We just don't have the like top five players. Everyone on the bench too is ready to go. So does that make it feel better for you guys that it feels like it's more of a full team effort than even having to just kind of appease one or two or really rely on anybody? Because I know you guys in the past have had some girls who have been able to do that for you. Yes. Right. It's nice having, like, knowing when someone goes in that, like, not to sound rude, but, like, sometimes, you know, there's players when they go in and you're like, shoot, like, I hope they don't mess up. Like, that could, like, hurt this game. But I won't say there's any player on our team who goes in and I'm, like, scared that they're going to mess up because I'm so confident in all of us and I think we're all good players. and. Yeah, your coach said that too. He was like, he looks at the bench and he's like, oh, I don't know who to put in, or I don't know who to, if I if I put her, I don't know who I'm going to take out. Right. He's, he's like, oh, you guys are like 10 deep, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've been playing with each other since we were young. Yeah. And we, I think that has really helped us because we got good chemistry and we all know each other well and how we all play. I want to talk a little about J.C. Summers. Mm-hmm. She's a freshman this year? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, how, how special of a player is she, and, and what what does she do on a nightly basis with uh, scoring wise? And you know, like what is, what makes her special? Well, she's five eleven for starters, <laughs> and she's a freshman, so that helps her a lot. But she's put in a lot of time, a lot of camps. She definitely deserves what she gets. I think for how much she scores a game, sometimes she's way up there, like somewhere in your twenties, and sometimes it's low. It just it depends on if we can feed the ball to her or not. But she always works hard, and she's really good at putting up moves and. She's impressive, for sure. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about, you know, what you guys have been able to do and what your goals are now. You guys took Gaylord St. Mary down that broke that league-winning streak of whatever, 78 games, I think it was. 59. Or, yeah. yeah. It was, that was still, that's too long for any anything right. that you really, that I know you guys wanted to snap that really bad, but for sure. you've got, gotten over that hump, but now you have to travel to their place and you get to play them one more time, which effectively is you either share the conference title or you get to win the conference title outright. What are the goals for the rest of the season, and how much do you look at that Gaylord St. Mary game? I think the same way we played them the first time. It's just different having them in their own gym. They're kind of intimidating there. They have a odd gym. Yeah. It's really old, but they're used to it. And when you get in there, it's just kind of a weird vibe, but they're so used to that vibe, so it's easier for them. So it is a little bit like scary to think of the game because you never know the outcome, but I think like even if their rims are a little shaky or anything, if we play how we know we can play, we'll come out okay. Our first goal is to be conference champions. We don't really want to share the title. Yeah. So that's our what, what we're focusing on right now. For oh, sure. so you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, so like, does, but does it, take, does it take any pressure off? I mean, I, it's not set in stone. You know, you guys still have, I think it's three other league games before that game mm-hmm. um, to kind of shore this whole thing up. But does it take any pressure off knowing that you kind of already have that one leg up and that even if you lost, you're still sharing a conference title? A little. I think we'd still be pretty disappointed in ourselves because we have high standards, a lot of people. And we shared our title for our last sport too, so we really just want to come out on top this time and not have to share it again. Just kind of hold on to it for you guys itself. Now, uh, uh, another game I want to talk about, which I think is – I know, I know that is on purpose uh, with the way that it was scheduled, but Lake City is like mm. your second to last game. It's their last game of the city. I mean, they're still undefeated right now, just like you guys are. But what does a game like that do for you guys, especially right before you're going into your district playoffs? I think it's going to be a very telling game, the, like what kind of team we are. As we go into like further, we're going to be playing those harder teams. So yeah. I think it's going to show. We played them last year, and they have a girl that's six-something. Like, she's big. And, I mean, she's really good. And they challenge us, but I think we need it because if we want to make it farther, that's what we're going to see. You know, you're going to see six-foot girls where our tallest girl is 5'11", and the next tallest is 5'6". So I think 
it's going to be good. We're going to need the challenge, and it's going to help us realize that if we want to get past this, we're going to have to play teams like that. And, and you, you kind of mentioned the height discrepancy uh, with, with Bel Air. I noticed that, I, I think I first noticed it was volleyball last year, was mm -hmm. that you guys did have a lot of you know shorter girls. At that point, I think Katie Decker might have been the tallest girl on the volleyball team and on the basketball team last year, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But then JC comes in and gives you guys that little, you know, change of pace, a little bit of extra height down low. What has that done compared to what you guys have had last year? I just know that the size was not very, was not at all there last year. But what has it done this year to kind of have that different dynamic? It's helped a lot for sure. I think it gave us more confidence too, knowing she was going to be there and knowing we were going to have a big post to feed because we've never really had that. So it's nice for sure knowing that she's going to be there, but also. We can't just rely on her to put points up, so we have to keep in mind that, you know, it's not just her game, mm -hmm. even though she is a huge help, definitely. But and it's nice to take their tall girl and put her on JC. Yeah, yeah it's nice to not have her on one of us. Five yeah. six guarding a six foot girl. We can put JC on her then. <laughs> yeah, you guys actually get like decent matchups and you're, right. you're, you're you're what, five foot six. Six and yeah. you're a post player. That's what you said. You're like, I'm I'm down there banging bodies. More likely than not you're going to be a mismatch mm -hmm. on the post, so you have to probably outwork and outgrind quite a few girls on the basketball court. Um, what, let's just go, I have some word association, but before we start, I want to go with each one of you guys. What would be your description of your game on the basketball court? Like, short and sweet, if you can, or even if it's a player that you might, like, you know, have looked up to or tried to, like, emulate. What's your, what is your game on the basketball court? We'll start off with you, Libby. I think I'm always looking for the pass, even though Mr. Fisher would like me to probably shoot more. So that's something I think I have. My whole thing is I'm a talkative person all the time. I like to talk. And I think that's one of the things our team really lacks. And so always trying to talk and like tell them, like, I know it's awkward, but you just have to do it. Like, it's going to help. That's what I think I bring to the team. I mean, obviously, that's not like a basketball skill. A communicator, but, yes, that is. But like... <laughs> Uh, anything on a team, communication is key, and I think that is a skill. Communication is a very, very valuable skill. But that's what I, I try and bring that all out in all of them. All right, so let's do some word association. I have some words written down here. We can kind of do it with, like, your team or whatever goes up with here, but uh, most of them are basketball-related terms. But I'm going to give you a word, and I want you to name the first person or first thing that pops in your head um, when we go. We'll start. I'm just going to go one for each of you guys so that okay. we know. We'll start off with layup. Libby. Basket. <laughs> Three-pointer. Tegan. Brad. Pushes us, but in a good way. I mean, that's more than one word, but I'd say, like, hard on us, but for the good, you know? All righty. Title. Conference. Pass. Shot. Love. My team. All the girls. Bus ride. <laughs> Long. <laughs> Undefeated. Goal. Steal. Score. <laughs> Bella. My friend. <laughs> Libby. Team carrier. Bel Air. The ones to be. <laughs> Libby, Bella, thank you guys so much for joining us here for episode 110 of the Get Around and being the very first Bel Air Eagles to join us uh, here in Traverse City. Thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. Yeah, it's yeah, an good, honor. Yeah, good luck uh, the rest fun. of the season, especially with uh, Lake City, Gaylord St. Mary, and hopefully off into the uh, district conference titles, everything that you hope and dream for. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Another big thank you to Libby Darer and Bella Martinick for joining us here at The Get Around. That interview, sponsored by Jimmy John's, with two locations in Traverse City, order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. That's going to put us into our little game of the week. My crazy head came up with hip or skip.
So I'm going to ask these fellas and give you my ideas on if we are hip to the idea of these things being implemented in sports or if we're going to skip the idea of that. What was that, what was that uh, toy called? Back probably when I was a kid, it was the oh the oh uh, the one that you oh, you, you put, put around your ankle, ankle and oh, man. what was that anybody hip skitch no, no not, not not a hip skitch maybe not hopscotch no no hips hip skitch exactly oh what man about. what yeah. the hell is the name of that toy had, like, a little somebody look yes. that up on your phone someone's oh. got to have a phone yeah, I'll just um, I'll fill the dead air while we skippy skip what do I what do I Google like skip toy yeah plastic ninety skip toy just skip toy just yeah just Google that we because. I'm sure there are. What I love right now are the people that are listening to this. Skip it. And there we yeah, go. Just don't skip it. And they 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 were yelling that at There's the radio an right now. Skip it too. Maybe so I think it's Tiger Toys, right? Sure. So just so we are not Sorry. breaking uh, copyright rules or trademark rules, I can't call this hip it or skip it. It's not hip it. <laughs> it's just hip or skip. Yeah. It's just hip or skip. Yeah. But are you hip to the idea? Or are you skipping the idea? I got four here for us. And we're going to go through them. I want to hear what you are and why. So we'll start with you, Andrew, on the first one. A shot clock in high school basketball. I'm not going to lie. There's one thing that just makes me happy every single time I'm in a game. It's when a team just passes it around and I can just go to my computer and write, write about the game, you know? So skip. I, I'm, I, I like when teams draw out like a really complex play where you have a couple pick and rolls and a couple like complex screens. I think the players like it too because, you know, they practice that. Their coaches like it. It's, it's kind of like a Philly special in football. I'm skipping it. For me, high school basketball was my favorite sport to cover when I was a sports writer. Um, from the three years that I was uh, in Rantoul, Illinois, to my, what was it, a year and a half here uh, for the record eagle. I, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to adding another sense of urgency to the game. If you want to, if you want to throw me a thirty-five second shot clock, I wouldn't have a problem with it. You're, so you're hip. I'm hip. I'm on Brennan's page. I'm hip. But it could have to be something like thirty-five seconds. It would have yeah, to no be, twenty-four. No, no, no twenty-four. No twenty-four. No it, has to be, yeah. it has to be nice and long. But if you make it thirty-five seconds, I'm hip. I say it's not even that it would speed up the game. I think that it just puts a little bit more, a little bit more of that pressure. It makes it makes those shots have to go down. It makes those shots have to fall. It's not just oh here we go, here we go. You know, up and down, up and down, up and down. Next one. Now this isn't in just high school sports, but you could kind of put it on anyone that you want. But video replay on every single play. Skip to my Lou. Yeah, I'm I, I mean, well. I don't even know if I need to explain any more than that, but one on my, every of, single play, no, no. Yeah, one of my no. friends had an idea, and we were we were talking, and we're like, can there just be like a time limit, like a minute thirty seconds after that's done, and they just rule in favor with it, what the original uh, call was? I mean, the time limit on yeah. the, the on the review. review. Yeah, so like if the officials can't. So put a shot clock on the review. So you're hip to you're not hip to a shot <laughs> clock in high school basketball, but you're hip to a shot so, clock in uh, professional sports yeah. video review. So All right. the refs have an hour, minute thirty to figure it out. And if they can't figure it out at the end of the game, that is just the call that it was. That's not that bad. Shout out Lane Gillespie. That ain't that, that ain't that bad. But I just can't imagine slowing the game down, games down any more than that. I, if, I, I mean, things would be done in real time. But the thing that I've always, the, the thing that I would be hip to is if they had what they did is they had an actual referee who's tapped in with the men on the field watching the television broadcast up in the booth. In locked time. in real time watching the television broadcast that with the 55 angles that are live that they see if they could j- all they have to do I'm not saying that they have the video replay yeah, everybody, but if they the have MLS? if they have somebody in I know what they have but I'm saying if they That's have somebody the in VAR. they go hey you just messed up before the next play even starts they have that 20 I'm just thinking about football even they have that 25 seconds or whatever that somebody can come in and go bang you need, you need to fix that now the spot's bad or whatever I'm excited about this next one Jake yes next one I because uh, I want you to explain it to me 
robotic referees. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> it's almost like this? it's almost like talking about not taking out a home plate umpire. Yeah. Balls or strikes, or even say they did just take referees out of the game and did it all by video evidence, where they had people or had algorithms running for penalties. I don't know what type of AI they would have. Kind of like when you're at Meyer and you accidentally miss something in your scanner thing, and it's able to tell by the camera if you like. Or it's like, oh, they have too much weight on the belt. Yeah. Yeah. Unexpected, unexpected item on the belt. No, I don't know, but robotic referees. Like, would you would you prefer having totally technology? replacing them? So, are you saying let's let's completely replace umpires? Let's go with baseball. Robotic referees in baseball. Yeah. So, so completely take the yes. take the humans out of it. No first base ump. Nope. No outfield ump. Nope. It's, so it's you put se- you you put sensors in the uh, on the foul lines. Yep. Where that is, and, to and on the bags, sensors in the in the ball on the bag. Yep. Skip. I, I I I'm a fan of the uh, the human element of it, that's and maybe that sports. maybe that's because I'm old. Maybe it's because you're human. But um, I I also did not suffer the fate of um, Armando yeah, Galarraga. Armando, yeah, it. Armando Galarraga. Yeah, I did not suffer the the that fate. And nor was I, I like a fan like of that. Is like oh my. But God. that's the day you know. That's we're like all right, cool. We have replay to fix that now. Yeah. So we've we've got that covered. Um, we've gotten to a point. Yeah, I I'm not completely hip or completely want to skip. I think that I think it needs to be combined a little bit where you can actually use technology to it, it, the advantage. One of the things that I've always thought, like, why aren't they doing this? Is you know how the ball only has to break the plane for them to score a touchdown, mm-hmm. it only has to break the the plane of the first down marker. Why don't you find a way to make the ball magnetic and like have the down markers light up when he passes? Oh, it? you're saying, you're, yeah, like like, it, it, like this can be cool. Almost too. like a almost like, like a dog, like a dog, like an invisible dog fence. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just put like a little sensor in the ball that you hit that line. Yeah. Bing, 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 bing. Same thing with the touchdown. Like you wouldn't have to worry about oh, did he break the plane or like it wasn't answered. Like the ref would come out in midfield, it would just go ding, ding, ding. Like the it would be automatic with the scoreboard. Lights would be flying. Start, everywhere. This is Fire starting to sound like off. Running Man. Start yeah, to sound like the then, man. then again, I mean, the the problem is, is that humans are no, the problem are is, imperfect. Is that, no, and, and hold on, hold on, with perfection. hold on. All right, but humans are imperfect, and humans are the ones that would be making these machines. They would do this, so they would still be imperfect. Yes. So there's still malfunction possibilities with perfection. Okay? Yeah, and there's and that, that's one thing I th- I think I've even wrote in a column before, like because I, I was writing about high school, I was like. Literally, nobody's going to make every call right. Right. That's, that's, that's part impossible. of the game. It's how it is. I've seen thousands of games, basketball, football, everything. I've seen 20 million correct calls, but there's the one in 40 that's not the right call. It's just how it happens. I would like to see baseball yeah, umpires get better. I, I think <laughs> that they... Or have they, not they, been so objective. I think they, they could stand to, to go through some, some more training and be yeah. a little bit better at their chosen profession, but I don't think replacing them with robots is the... Uh, just, it's right just that I think idea. some people think that robots can be more precise than humans when it comes to certain calculations. Last one. And this is, this is kind of broad, but uh, there, there obviously might be some exception when it comes to like boxing or you know UFC fighting MMA. and possibly I mean I, I there's there's women who who play football up into the college ranks even um, nowadays there's coaches and such um, football might be the, one of the only ones that everybody kind of looks at and says oh it's too violent but it's 2020 and to me if a woman wants to do it go for it but question hip or skip co-ed sports across the board either in high school college or even professional co-ed sports men and women intermix and just rocking it out hip why not if you are good, but the thing is, you, I, you need to be good enough to be at that level. That's it. If you're good enough to be at that level, hip. 
Why I, do what do I nothing matter to me? Straight up, dude, put Brittany Griner in the NBA and I'm telling you she's gonna destroy some people. I've wondered what a soccer league would look like if you have the best women's players and the best men's players combined. Like, what if Marta played in the MLS? Or, like, what if uh, Rose Lavelle was in the MLS right now? I think they'd be right up there. I think it would be just as exciting to watch. And I've really, I, like, I, I think soccer is one of those sports that gender doesn't really matter. You, yeah. Like, if you, you can, if you can play football, you can play football. If you, if you can run, you can yeah. shoot. The, the, only, the only really difference between, like, male and women's sports, if you're really just talking about, like, in the same arena, is, like, softball, baseball. Is that, like, there's the underhand pitch, it's a different ball, but, like, this fundamental's the same, you know? So, like, we've seen, what was her name, Monique, from the Little League World Series, the 13-year-old no, pitcher? No. Uh, no, no, no. no the, you know what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah, she, like, her name was Monique something. I can't remember what her last name was, but 13-year-old girl who just dominated the Little World World Series. And, like, if she keeps that arm going, put her in the major leagues, and let her just literally wreck these people. Monique Davis, that's right. But, yeah, dude, I am so hip to it. Like, as, as and straight up, once again, Whatever the sport, yeah. Even if it was something like Bach, like dude, if, if you're there, you're consenting, and you're 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 in, in, it for, in it for the competition. Like I would never hit a woman, but I'm just saying, like, who am I to say that you ain't allowed to go and do what you want to do? Again, if you're good enough to play, you're good enough to play. Yeah, that's it. All right, that's gonna do it for Hipper Skip. Unless you guys got any more that you wanted to toss in there, had any? Not fun until ones. next week. Not until next week. Well, the real question is, who's hip enough to be in the Get Around Hall of Fame? You're right. Thanks for the segue. You got it, baby. Wow. Yeah, we are going to induct one more member into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. As the Podfather had said it, the Get Around Hall of Fame. Uh, we have three new uh, candidates this week. I'll let our Podfather start. You don't, you have, you don't get to, you know, not. I don't. I'll, I will put up uh, a player that I was actually playing when I was still a sports writer, uh, Elijah Maleko from TC Christian. Uh, scored all 22 of his points uh, in the second half in a 61-49 win over Charlton Heston and uh, had 14 rebounds to go along with that. So 22-14, and 14, uh, I would say it. Elijah Maleko, certainly up there. Yeah, won by 12 points. Uh, I'm sure that second half effort is really what pushed them uh, over the edge. Andrew, who's your nomination? Parker New. Buzzer beater uh, versus Cadillac. He had 12 points in the game. Or Andy Samuelov with 20. Um, to me, every single time I've seen TC West play, I've seen, I've seen him play like three times at this point. He's just been that glue guy who's either taking a charge, going for the next rebound. He's their second leading scorer. And Coach Sanders Fry, he told me over the phone, he said, we can't win without a good game from either of them. And that's how it happened. Cadillac, like I said, they were undefeated at the time. Really gained some momentum for TC West in the Big North. All right, I'm going to put up Aiden Lewandowski from Traverse City West uh, after winning the Peppy Town Slalom. It was to do with his performance there because uh, he even had a little slip-up. I watched him, and you could just see him hone in and make up that time. He actually had to drop like two and a half seconds on his second on his second run because he was not sitting in first place after the first run. He had to cut some time and ended up winning by over a half a second. But uh, he's had just a stellar season. Every time I'm getting results from Traverse City West, he's winning his events. So I just wanted to put him up after kind of marking him as the best slalom runner in Traverse City as a Peppy Town Slalom or Peppy Town Slalom last weekend. So fellas, let's put it to a vote. We each get one. I'm gonna go ahead and vote first this time, and I'm actually going to vote for Elijah Lamelo. That seems like a that seems like a day. I don't know what somebody said to him at halftime, but it worked. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? Who's voting next? Elijah Maleko. Maleko it is. Alrighty, <laughs> unanimously. What is this? Episode 110. 110. Elijah Maleko. Maybe Jimmy Johnson at the halftime. Yeah, Elijah Maleko, you are the newest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame for episode 110, so congratulations on your great performance against Charlton Heston last week. If we have one more I'm segment I'm going to segue here. you 
right all into day, all day, every oblivion. Day. Yeah, we have the last segment of the day. We did talk quite a bit here at the beginning of the episode about Kobe Bryant, but you know, me being sports writer, me being only 25 years old, hit me like a lack of better words, ton of bricks. Uh, yeah, for our trifecta today, I wanted to kind of talk about our favorite Kobe Bryant moments and or you know inspirational quotes. Or that's the thing about him is I don't think that a lot of times he he wanted to be an inspiration. I don't think a lot of times the things that he always said was to be an inspiration. It was just the way that he viewed the world. And when you saw what he had to say, you said, like, wow, like it powerful. Like he, he said some pretty profound stuff to me, at least when it came to what it means to work hard, how to push through things when you're tired, when you're overworked, when you feel trodden and down, when somebody tells you no, or when, when somebody doesn't think that you can do it. Like how many times as a kid, I heard him after a game or man, they just catch him on the, whatever it was. It was incredible. Um, I wanted to talk about a few of those moments. I'll I'll cede to you gentlemen to start off with because I've talked quite a bit about this, and I wrote that column yesterday. So, like I said, if you guys do want to get a little bit more of a personal touch on what Kobe Bryant meant to me, go ahead and read that column titled Dear Kobe. I wrote it on Sunday, just hours after finding out that he passed. So um, You have the moments. The moments are there. You have the free throws with the, you know, busted Achilles. You have the the all-star moments. You have the 81 points. You got the 60 in his final game. You have I mean, what, what, all of that. You have the championships. You have the MVPs. The thing that I will say, and maybe this is going to be a cop-out, but my favorite Kobe moment is that everything was done in, in a Lakers jersey. He played for one team, Yep. and you don't see that anymore. Oh, definitely not anymore. He was the last one. He, he was the last one. It, across sports, him and Tim Duncan were the last two people that I can remember. Across sports, you don't you don't really see that anymore, and that's why he's up there in the same iconic echelon as Derek Jeter, right? Because it was even Jordan didn't play for the Bulls mm-hmm. in his entire career, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and so I think the fact that he was a Laker from day one to his last day that 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 what makes that's what makes him special in my book i meant i mentioned that in my column too is and that was one of the things i put out, i made sure I, I actually like used a little ellipses and was like oh the list goes on and on because i did have a bunch more things but i just could not keep on putting things and putting things and putting things but one thing that i wanted to make sure i put on there was his unwavering loyalty and that was something that i learned as a kid as well was you know you put your heart into an, a place an organization a job um a family a friend you know that's how you do it you you give all yourself to it and hope that they 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 reciprocate that and I'm pretty sure that the city of LA and the Lakers organization have done that at the very least or will continue to I'm sure. Yeah, mine is remember about three years ago, uh, National Signing Day. There was a player out of Lawrence High School. His name was Kobe, Kobe Buffalo Meat. Okay, no, I, Buffalo Meat. Buffalo Meat. Kobe Buffalo Meat. Kobe Buffalo Meat. No, I've never he was, heard of that. Uh, I think he was an offensive lineman. That is a name. That's right the there. worst name I ever heard. Kobe <laughs> Buffalo Meat. Okay. He was a, Continue. He, he played basketball and football. I got the chance to uh, take a... Uh, we, we were doing like broadcasts of their Lawrence High's basketball te- games for uh, 6 News, I think it was, at the time. And he ends up going on Jimmy Kimmel Live where he explains the story behind his name. He was only born like three years after Kobe enters the NBA. So that, that's actually my favorite moment right there is that someone named their kid after him. And he, he like, he, he's a baller, too. He, like, he was one of the best players on Lawrence High's team. He plays for Illinois State right now. Yeah, my, my aunt or my aunt and uncle, my they, their dog's name is Kobe. Yeah, um, that's definitely a name that I could see. I'm saying, man, I, 
the 2008 Olympics might have been one of the moments that I really, really, really fell in love with Kobe Bryant because it was one of the times that I got to see him not just be the Lakers guy. I saw what he did with the Lakers and how he dragged those teams along and how his drive, like, he literally just seemed it was him and four dudes on a basketball court and he would win all these games for him. But when he got and went and played with all these superstars and went with LeBron James and Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, um, literally all these guys who are, like, the superstars of superstars, and won, he went and he balled out. That was the year that he won the MVP in the NBA and he had no holds bar when he went to the Olympics. I mean, I think they won every game in that Olympics by, like, 65 points, which, like, makes that made a lot of sense. But when he got back from that, and you saw his, his gracious work throughout the world, I mean, he speaks, like, four languages. He speaks Italian, he speaks Spanish, he speaks Chinese, he speaks English. Like, he was an ambassador across the world, but when he was at the Olympics, you saw the way that the rest of the world was able to view him and the way that the, the respect that the rest of the NBA superstars placed on Kobe's name just because he worked so hard when he was around them and really just all the time, you know, but that, I think that's when the tide kind of changed for me because I was still a Pistons fan when I was a kid, but I was just a co I was a Pistons fan. And then I was a Kobe fan. And then, you know, the Pistons and Kobe, you know, they met. And I remember seeing this when the Pistons won and the Pistons had to take him down and take down that whole thing. And it was like this, this huge deal to me because I loved the Pistons, but I loved Kobe Bryant. And it was still, he still persevered through all of this and kept on. Then he came back in 08, 2009 wins the NBA title, 2010 wins the NBA title. All the way through, it just showed what type of competitor that he was. And when he was around those type of people in the Olympics, they all came back and was literally like, Kobe's inhuman. He's an alien compared to the rest of even us. You know, LeBron James came out two days ago and said, yeah, literally like Kobe Bryant changed my life by coming to a youth camp and telling me that I needed to work for it. Like, he literally was like, I remember this moment that Kobe, I saw Kobe Bryant at 19 years old being the youngest NBA player to ever play in an NBA game and said, hey, I'm only 12 years old, but in seven years, ah, this could be me. And look at that, LeBron James is the next superstar to come out of high school. Not the next, but really one of the last. But still, um, he had a lot, but... I think I think what he said most of the time. I can't give you a certain quote. I think, but I think I think what he said and the way that he talked is what rubbed off on me the most. Uh, the mo the way that he perceived himself as an unstoppable force that was only to be reckoned with if you had enough guts to try it. He always expected to win, but he was never scared to lose, and I've always respected that. One more thing before we head out of here today for episode 110 is we got to get the people fed. Thanks to our sponsors, Ed, Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. This week's winner is Donovan Boots from Glen Lake. We're going to hit you up on Instagram. Check your messages so we can get those vouchers sent out to you. And remember, always like, share, comment, retweet. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Any of the like, SoundCloud, uh, to be entered in to win a couple of free Jimmy John subs for being a loyal, audible listener. Once again, for Andrew and for Brendan, thank you for listening to episode 110, and we will see you again for episode 111.